Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to the Church Boy Confessions podcast. My name is Emmanuel Hecke, um, and this is episode 48. And I will say that um, this is a hard one. Last week was a very hard week for, um, first and foremost, the family of George Floyd. Um, And then on top of that, his friends and the black community. Um, I'm going to be very transparent in this episode. I think that I potentially can say some things that um, may not sound super Christian to some people. Um, but I believe it's all in line with the Bible. But yeah, you, you're going to hear me say some things that, you know, are my opinion. I will like make sure that you know that it's my opinion. Then I'm also going to say some things that are biblical um, just because I feel like all of us are searching for answers right now. All of us are searching for what it's going to take for black people in the United States and furthermore in the entire world to stop being hated so much. Um, what is it going to take? Um, we've, we've marched, we've done everything. We, we, we took a knee too. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people have a problem with the looting. A lot of people have a problem with the rioting. We took a knee. They didn't like that either. So what is it going to take? What is, what in history has black people done? Have black people done? African people, African-American people done to deserve just the anti-blackness that we've seen centuries upon centuries upon centuries. It didn't just start with Trayvon Martin. It didn't just start with Rodney King. It didn't just start with Martin Luther King and the civil rights movement. It didn't just start with Jim Crow. It didn't just start with slavery. Anti-blackness being a thing for the world time and time and time again. Sorry, I close this window. Um, it's it's hard. It's hard. I was I, I I'll be honest with you. I've been in a funk mentally ever since this happened. Um, because it's one thing to like you know you hear about another black man being killed by the police, but it's just like this one. I feel like I mean, it's been many many times like this has happened, but. This one is just like, he met all the criteria, unarmed, handcuffed, all of that stuff, didn't even do anything illegal, and it's just, he died. Um, and there's, it's on video. <laughs> you can see the video of him dying. <sighs> and I think that, you know, the first things first is when bad things happen, we always want to question how, why in the world God allow this to happen. And, you know, I, I talked about why does God allow suffering? Why does God allow chastisement in our lives last episode? But I feel like this is in an entirely different realm. And I'm happy this happened just because like, I, I'm happy this happened right after that episode. Um, I'm, I, let me not say it like that. Like, I'm happy that I recorded that episode before all this happened, because I want people to be able to look at that, look at my past episode and realize that 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 framework doesn't really work for what people are going through right now. That that mindset where, oh, it's just chastisement and God's readying me. I don't think that that's a just explanation for what's going on right now. Maybe it could be for someone in the world. 
But I don't think that's a just explanation and what we ought to learn from what's going on right now. That This is the chastisement of God and that's going to make us all better in the end because at the end of the day, there's somebody that's dead. I'm not going to say that. And I'm going to go like deeper into this. A lot of us are questioning God like this 2020. I mean, not 30 days ago. We're talking about Ahmaud Arbery. And now we're talking about George Floyd. On top of that, we're talking about Breonna Taylor. And I mean, before that, it's the the dozens of names that we know of that have been killed unjustly by the police, the same people that's supposed to protect us. So why did this happen? And I'm going to give you a very clear, concise answer. Um, and, and, and this is this is my answer. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why this happened. Maybe, you know, you're expecting me to come up with some wise explanation and God spoke to me this week and this is why this happened. And I know a lot of pastors do that, but I I don't have an answer for you as to why this happened. I do not have an answer for you as to why God allowed this to happen. I don't know. I don't know. Um, But it did. And... I wanted to spend the majority of this episode, well, kind of half and half. First thing I wanted to do was address Christians. Um, And then I'm going to, you know, come back to this whole, the state of the black community right now. And I wanted to talk about that. But the first thing I wanted to do was, because I mean, we've all seen it on Twitter. We've seen it in the media everywhere. We're talking about how people are mad at the protesters because they don't believe that the protesters are protesting in the right way. Stop the looting. Because the president says when the looting starts, shooting starts. The president of the United States says when the looting starts, the shooting starts. People are infuriated at the reactions of the black community and our allies. Um, first things first, I want to say that I'm, I'm one of those people that believe that there's a difference between protesters and profiteers. Where a lot of these people who are out here looting may not very well be protesters. <laughs> like, for, I mean, I'm not on the streets, so I don't know exactly what's going on. But to automatically conclude that these protesters are the same people that are looting, do recognize that some people see opportunities and they recognize that, hey, you know, those protesters in the street, a lot of police are, you know, going to be focusing on that. I can go go ahead and get away with this. But, hey, that's just me talking. That's just me, my opinion. You know, I told you I was going to I was going to let you know when my opinion was getting into this. Um, but let's talk about that. You know, I feel like first and foremost, Christians, I've, I've kind of felt upset when we talk about the church of today. I'm not talking about the Christian doctrine. I'm not talking about Christians in a very, you know, broad sense. I'm talking about Christians in America today. I've yet to seen a coalition, a, a, a group, a, a forefront, a, a front of Christians in the front lines, in in the media, whatever it might be, coming together and recognizing that, hey, yo, this is bad, and fighting against the oppression of African Americans. I've yet to see the Christian church gather around like we did in the 60s. And it's been upsetting to me because, you know, you have your Christians that are not black who have this same, who are supposed to have this same compassion on other human beings 
like everyone else or like like a Christian supposed to, but it's as if that compassion reaches only as far, but not far enough to the black community. If you are a Christian, you should be just as upset at the injustices that are going on as a black community. You should be. Because I'm hearing a lot of don't loot, don't riot, don't do this, don't do that. Or, you know, this is the part that shakes me to my core. Less than 24 hours after everything happens, I'm seeing people who claim to be Christian on Twitter or whatever it might be saying, forgive the cop. Don't hate him. Forgive him and pray for him. And I'm just like, yo, (laughs) that's the response. That's what we as a people, we as Christians came up with. Hey, don't hate the cop. Pray for him. That was that was how we comforted the oppressed. Hey, pray for your oppressor. Don't hate him. Don't dislike him. Pray for him. Less than 24 hours. I was seeing messages like that. That's the Christian response. And it infuriates me. And then, of course, we get a whole bunch of backlash when it comes to like, oh, well, that's a white man's religion, which is just ignorant. It's crazy. It's stupid. Right. But it's like these are people. The black community is hurt right now. Black community is grieving right now, mourning right now. And I just feel like although, yeah, let me let me let me just back up real quick. Let me get, let me back up real quick. I'm going to say it. Looting is bad. Yeah. And forgiving is very healthy. God asks us to forgive is very healthy. Good. Good. All right. So I did it. I did the Christian thing. I did the religious thing. We got it right. We all understand. Cool. Let's move on. It upsets me that there's a lot of people who are more concerned with the black community's reaction to injustices than the actual injustice itself. And I, I had posted this uh, this video of Denzel Washington on on the on the uh, Instagram page, and he was just saying like it was like a parable, like like a parable, lol, like a parable between like a sheep and a wolf, and like when the wolf attacks the sheep, you can't get mad at the sheep's reaction, like you know what I'm saying? Like you should go to the source. What's the source of all of this rioting? What's the source of all of this looting? Did black people just wake up one day and say, "Hey, bro"? Uh, let's make a Facebook group and let's go out and loot Target. Let's go out and do it. Why is everything happening? Because there was an injustice. And let me tell you that, you know, you can say, oh, you can do it peacefully. But what happened when we did it peacefully? What happened when Colin Kaepernick took a knee? They were called sons of bitches. They were they 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 were disrespecting the veterans, whatever it might be. And it's funny because like, man, let me tell you, black people on Twitter have the best comebacks. And I saw this one tweet that was saying, like, you know, some white people forget that they started an entire revolution because they didn't want to pay shipping and handling on tea. I thought that was hilarious. But it's people that are more upset at the black community's reaction or protesters reactions. Than the actual injustice. And let me tell you something. And, you know, I don't mean to just rant on here because I really want people to understand what I'm trying to say. Please send this episode to a friend that you feel is being complicit. Send this episode to a friend that says that they're a Christian. Do understand this. Yes. Like I said, looting is bad. Yes. 
You always want to try and forgive as best you can because it's healthy for you. And that's what God asks us to do. But do you understand that when you say such things in such a time as this, it is dismissive. It is dismissive and it is insensitive. There's something called reading the room. For example, it's a lot of people, you know, that they took a great picture right now and they want to use their social media to post a selfie of themselves, right? Post a selfie. There's nothing wrong with posting a selfie of yourself right now, right? I mean, you want to post a selfie of yourself, but there are going to be some people who are hurt right now who feel like you should use your platform to talk about George Floyd and injustices and use your voice rather than post a selfie right now. Now, although you're not necessarily wrong for posting a selfie right now, but do recognize that it can come across as insensitive to what's going on right now because we're calling on people to use their platform. It's the same thing. Although, yeah, if you're quoting the Bible, then you're technically right as a Christian what we believe, but you do have to recognize that sometimes you got to read the room. Sometimes you have to recognize that, hey, people are hurting right now. And the Bible says we ought to mourn with the people who are mourning. Grieve with the people who are grieving. It's our duty. It's our job. And just in case there's some Christians who feel like, because I feel like, you know, there's the, there's the people who are neutral or there's the people who don't want to say anything because they feel like it's not their business. I'm about to make it every Christian's business to stand up and say something about the injustice against black people with this verse. And this is Isaiah chapter one, verse 17. Learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, plead the widow's cause. Isaiah chapter one. Verse 17, seek justice, correct oppression. Now, I'll be honest with you. What exactly that might mean practically? I'm not completely sure. I'm not completely sure. Um, Do I think that this means go looting? I don't think that that means go looting. I don't think that that necessarily means rioting. I, I don't know. I don't know. And maybe I'm ignorant at that. You know what I'm saying? Maybe I'll come up with a better answer next week. But as a Christian, it is our duty, our role to correct oppression. And to seek justice. So here's the thing. This is how you can show love. Because remember, you know, and this is another thing I kind of want to like get at. A lot of us, we see Christianity in this nation, excuse me, we see Christianity in this nation and we see it as um, um, the white evangelicals and Trump supporters. I want you to recognize something that as much as people can say that there are Christians, there's even racism in the church. Whoa, church boy confessions coming out with confessions. There's racism that is in the church. There are people who go to church every day that are racist that are racist. They do not like to see you. They do not like to be around you. Luckily, I haven't witnessed it, at least to my knowledge. I've been going to Nigerian and black churches my entire life. But there are people who will talk about God, talk about Christianity, and also try and kill a black man, a black woman. I mean, look at what happened in the 60s. I talked about it before. They bomb our churches. Mind you, these are the same people that's trying to tell us all this stuff about the Bible forcing us into missionaries and all that different stuff. Africans like back in the day, slaves forcing um, 
um, Christianity on us, right? And then when we actually are enlightened to the actual truth of Jesus Christ, um, they go ahead and they start bombing our churches. Christ- These are supposed to be other Christians, right? Bombing the black Christians' churches. Hmm. Hmm. So, Christians around the world, let me get back to my point. You have a duty to help. You have a duty to say something. You have a duty to speak up. People need your help. Every human being on this planet has influence. Not all the same amount. But every human being has influence, whether it's a lot or it's a little. Maybe it's over one person. And maybe that's going to be all the difference. Christians, you cannot sit idly by because I'll tell you, man, they're going to bash you. They're going to call it it's the right man, white man's religion. They're going to get on all of that. But now more than ever, man, people need faith because it's a lot of hopelessness going around. Now more than ever, people need direction. People need to know that, hey, you know what I'm saying? Like, there can be an end to this. People need help. People need to know that, yo, there's other people that are not, that may not be black. That's on my side. (sighs) I want to read 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 13, verse 2, just to really like encapsulate everything I'm trying to get through with this idea of like, Christians and the separation and all that different stuff is because, yo, like, it's a lot of people calling themselves Christian, but turning their back to this issue. And that's not love. And in first Corinthians chapter 13, verse two, Apostle Paul is saying, and though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not charity or if I have not love, I am nothing. Don't call yourself a Christian if you don't know how to love. So my message to the hopeless black population, and I'm not saying the black population is hopeless, but for the people in the black population who have lost hope. I don't know why God allowed this to happen. I don't. I don't have that answer for you. And I think that's the best answer that I can give you. I'm not going to act like I know everything because I don't. Wisdom doesn't stop at Emmanuel Heke. Wisdom doesn't stop at any man. God's thoughts are higher than ours. His ways are higher than, higher than our ways. I don't know. I just don't know. And I feel like even if I did have the answer, I wouldn't. I don't know if it would make anybody feel better. But um, when I was thinking about this message and what I wanted to say, I didn't know. But then I thought back to the story of Gideon who I've talked about, you know. Um, And I wanted to read from Judges chapter 6. This is when the angel of the Lord called Gideon because at this time, the the children of Israel were under the oppression of the Midianites. Oppression didn't just start, you know, in the past 300 years or 400 years. You got to talk about the children of Israel being slaves in Egypt for over 400 years. You have to talk about the the children of Israel being oppressed by the Midianites. You got to talk about all these, like oppression has been something that has always existed on this planet. And you see here in Judges chapter six, 
I believe starting at verse 11, it says the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash, the Ebezrite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in the winepress to keep it from the Midianites, the oppressors. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And this is this is Gideon's response. I want you to really listen to Gideon's response. He said, pardon me, Lord. Gideon replied. But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us in the given us into the hand of the Midian. Doesn't that sound a lot like the frustration that we have as, as a black community today? If God is supposed to be God and he's supposed to be good, and he's supposed to be loving. Why in the world has all of this happened to us? Slavery, Jim Crow era, civil rights era, police, police brutality, um, mass incarceration. Lack of representation for black women everywhere. The degradation of black women. Why has all this befallen us? If God is supposed to exist and where are those miracles? Where are those miracles? <laughs> we ask that all. Where are the miracles? Where is God? Show us a sign. Where, what's happening? Where are the, where's everything that everybody was talking about that grandma was talking about when she dragged me to church when I was three years old? Where's the miracles at? Where's the Holy Spirit? Where's the Holy Ghost? Why is everything happening? Where's God? Gideon said, God's forsaken us. For us, it's God's not real. God can't be real. That's the frustration we have. It's not, it's not new. Your mindset right now, it's not new. Gideon had that mindset. We're talking thousands, over thousands and thousands of years ago. Gideon had that same mindset because he was being oppressed. His people were being oppressed. Mind you, he, he got caught trying to hide things from the oppressor. He was in submission. Israel was in submission to the oppressor. And he, and he says, God has forsaken us. There are no miracles now. Look at what's happened to us. There's no way that God is with us. That might, that might be how you feel. What was God's response? The Lord turned to him in verse 14. The Lord, the Lord turned, turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Huh. Doesn't sound like an answer to his question now, does it? Gideon asked, if you're real, then why has all this happened? Give me an answer as to why this happened, why that happened, why this is happening. Where's all the miracles? Why did George Floyd, Floyd die? Why was he killed? Why was Breonna Taylor ki killed? Why was Ahmaud Aubrey killed? And the dozens of dozens of African-Americans killed by the police. Why does all this happened? God didn't even give him an answer. God didn't delineate, well, this happened because I want to do this and this and this and this. And then you're supposed to learn from this and that and this. God did not give an answer. I don't know. I don't like, I don't know. I don't know why this has happened. I don't, I don't have an answer for you. But all I do know is what God said after that. He says, am I not sending you? Because then Gideon would be blessed with the spirit of God and that he'd go out. And with 300 men, he would defeat the Midianites and he'd be victorious for the children of Israel. 
crushing the oppressor and their oppression. Am I not sending you? I want you to know that God regards everything, considers everything that's going on right now. He sees it. He acknowledges it. The loving God. Yeah. He sees it and he acknowledges it. That may sound so messed up. So messed up. Because we don't know why and this thing hurts. But he sees it. And he regards it. And a lot of us may be asking, well, how is this going to stop? When is this going to stop? What's going on, God? And maybe it's some of us that God's saying, have I not sent you? I mean, we see that the black community definitely needs a leader right now. What if it's you? What if it's me? What are you going to do to let your voice be heard? What are you going to do? What part are you going to play? What's your position? What's your role? What can you do best to make sure that you are influencing policy, that you are influencing action being taken, justice being served? Um, what's the strategy? Black community, what's the strategy, man? We've been divided in so many different ways, whether it's gangs. Now it's gender. It's probably the biggest way you're divided. Calling each other ain't shit's not going to kill the oppress, uh, stop the oppression. Call, calling each other ain't shit's not going to do that. So what's the strategy? <sighs> That's all I got. I mean, I could talk, you know, a whole lot about this, but that's as much sense as I can make. So that's where I'm going to stop. Let's go into confessions. Prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, God, for the opportunity to speak to you, um, for the people tuning in and everything, God. It's a hard time. It's hard. It's been a hard year. Um. We don't know why things happen, God. And I'm not, I'm not going to act like I know why everything happened. Wisdom, wisdom does not stop, stop with us, Father. Um, but God, we just pray that uh, you move the hearts of the complicit and the neutral to speak up and speak up on behalf of the oppressed, God. That you touch the hearts of Christians and people who call themselves Christians all over the nation, Lord, to understand that they're not Christian if they do not have love, God. They can't walk around here with just all the faith and all the appearance of being a Christian and then just hate their brother or just turn their back on their brother, turn their back on oppression. It's been given us a command to seek justice and correct the oppression, God. Help us understand that. Father, I pray that you encourage the black community. We're hurt and we're tired. And time and time again, justice, it seems like, has slipped, just ran away from us, really. <laughs> Not even slipped through our fingers. God, but vengeance is truly yours, God. And I believe that even those people who miss jail time, prison time, vengeance is yours, God. For sure it is. And in this case, God, I pray for justice to be served. Um, and I pray, Lord, over the morning, those morning, Father God, 
George Floyd's family, Lord Jesus. I pray over every black man and black woman in the nation, Father God, who's going through a very, very rough time. In the world, God. We've been hurt. We've been beat. We've been battered. We've been bruised. We've been killed. We've been degraded, brainwashed. But teach us to love ourselves, love our people, and act that love out every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Ladies and gentlemen, take it easy. This stuff is hard. You don't have to have all the answers right now. You don't have to be cool right now. You don't have to be calm right now. Your emotions are valid. All of it's valid. The anger is valid. The frustration is valid. Um, All I'll ask is that you inquire with God and let your anger and your frustration be guided by what God wants you to do. Because I believe that whatever God wants you to do is going to be the most productive and constructive thing. Love y'all. Be safe. Peace. Peace.